Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast on Mama and Everyday Gurus. I'm here today with Michael Thompson. Hey, Michael. Hello. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm, I'm really glad to be chatting with you. We haven't had a banter for a while, and I know mm -hmm. I need it, and I'm sure the community would, would love it, too, and your community. Um, so we, we're connecting after, really, we haven't connected for a while. It's like the last day of February in Vermont. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's cold it's cold the sun is shining though so yeah that's a plus yeah yes. it's a really blue sky today um and i'm home it's vacation week so i have today and tomorrow off michael's in his car taking a break from <laughs> work which has been really busy for you yes it's been very busy i've had a i haven't had a lot of energy left to be creative so i haven't even I haven't put a podcast episode out there in six weeks, I think, mm. because I, you know, I work almost every single day. And if, if it's a 10 hour day, then I'm lucky. And if it's a yeah. 16 hour day, then I'm not so lucky. So I don't have, it's actually be at work this much to get through this busy time. Uh, but I'm also very aware, and it was a good reminder that um, I can't do that in any for any sustainable yeah. time. I need I need to be able to be creative and to. I haven't gone in my woods in a month, you know. Wow. So yeah. It's been it's been. Although the overtime has been great, so we're putting new cabinets in the kitchen. We're preparing for gatherings at the house. We're doing you know we're using that the energy I put into working and then the money that's coming in to try to do some more work on the house to make it welcoming and have people in gatherings. Uh, yeah. So it's a trade off. It's a trade -off. Yeah. It's an energetic yeah. exchange, right? If we look at money yeah. as some form of energy, but I mean, yeah. what you're saying though is um, about like it's squelching our creativity a little bit, you know, and I, I've seen that um, even with my partner who's struggled a little bit as the grind of work in life has sort of worn him down. Right. You begin to lo lose that creative fire. And um, I, I mean, I've come to maybe think that is so important to our health and well-being, like that we're all creative souls at some level. Right. You know, I mean, there's some yeah. people that just like live in the arts and I, you know, I think of creativity in that way you know, like dancers or painters or writers, but I think it's more than that. Right. I think it's like, for me, yeah, for me, yeah, it's definitely ahead. more than that for me yeah, because I don't paint and I don't, yeah, build, you know, do things like that. But I, uh, it, my creativity comes with my thoughts and my, um, contemplation and then, um, sharing kind of stuff, you know, and, and yeah. working in that space. And so I don't have a lot of energy or time for it right now. And that's not healthy for me. Yeah. I realized that, um, you know, that's where rest I think comes in and like that idea of getting space around things. And sometimes, you know, you just do what you got to do, you know, that we, we do do what we got to do, but when we do it for extended periods of time, year after year after year, um, along with parenting and everything else, you know, we do have to at some point come up for air. And we do. I mean, I think what you're sharing, though, as a wiser soul further into life, um, 
you know, you, you're <laughs> acutely, that's a nice way you of saying it. You just called me old. Hey, you just called <laughs> me old. <laughs> hey, I'm right there with you so I can do it. That um, was very creative, by the way. Very creative way of calling me old. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Um, but, the, but you have like an, an acute awareness of it now that you probably didn't have when you were younger, I'm guessing. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. It doesn't make it less painful, but <laughs> at least we have like, I, I know for me, when I get in those places, at least I know um, it doesn't fit and that there's another option and it will come. Right. Yeah. So the wisdom yeah. that you were meant, the wisdom or age <laughs> mm -hmm. that you were mentioning is it's, a, I'm choosing it. It's not something that is happening to me. I I'm actively letting it into my life and I'm working with it and I'm choosing to be here with this. And that to me makes the difference mm -hmm. because I know at any time I could choose not to. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not, I'm not, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not beholden, but I'm, I'm not uh, attached to it in a way that I don't feel like I can get away from it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that is, that's the wisdom. That's the difference as far as I can tell, because it makes it, it does make it less painful because um, I know that it is something that I'm calling into my life and not something that I have no control over. Yeah. It's not happening to you. It's happening for you maybe. In some yeah. Way. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I'd like to unpack that a little bit more because I actually know a few men in midlife that um, have a hard time seeing that. Like they kind of get in the lane of that wear down and their, and their creativity and that stuff that lights them up inside um, is pretty dim. And yeah. they are having a really hard time finding a light. And they don't talk about it as well as women do in general. Um, and, and so I wonder if, like, that's been a journey for you to get there. I mean, I, yeah. I mean we, you, you were on here and you talked about your deep dive into who am I, why am I here, you know. And um, I don't know. I just wonder if like you can bestow any little nugget of wisdom to people right now in this moment. Um, Cause I do, I know a handful of them um, and I don't know, like I'm not, it's not my journey, but I also know there's like conditioning about being a man and showing up in a certain way, especially this generation that you and I are in and how to right. like hop, hop out of that and like step into the fresh air and sunshine and know that, there's, there's room for both, right? What you're saying, like there's room for both. It's not all or nothing. And I feel like there's a lot of that mentality of all or nothing. Like I have to give of myself completely in order to show up for everyone else versus finding yeah, balance. Sure. Yeah. And, and part of th th this is uh there's a lot to that. And there's a lot yeah, of I stuff. Know. Yeah, no, there's a lot of stuff flowing through my head right now. And one of them is that I've learned actually just recently and learn what I mean when I say learned, I mean I've become aware of its impact on me in my life with my relationships with the people that I'm surrounded with. Mm -hmm. And what that is is like there's the you know there's the typical stare or stereotypical male role mm -hmm. from I think of you know back it was very prevalent in the fifties where man was a breadwinner. They brought the, and the woman stayed home and it was your, your job, your responsibility. You didn't have to like your job. You didn't have to even want to be there, but you had to make the money and blah, 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 blah. 
regardless of what you really wanted and what was what made sense to you and what felt right. And that can be this all or nothing that people feel that I've definitely felt. And you just mentioned is, well, I have to give it all here or I won't be able to give anything. And Mm -hmm. if we lose ourself in the process, which I definitely feel like I did, then we aren't capable of giving all of ourselves. So there's Mm. this weird, for me, it's this weird thought process where if I play that role as the responsible, taking care of the money and the bills and the food and the house and the shelter and the safety of my family, then I have to sacrifice who I really want to be. Mm. Unless, unless that's actually who I really want to be, which is great. Mm. If, mm. if, if being the breadwinner and the person being responsible lights you up, gives you positive energy and makes you feel really good about yourself. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, that wasn't the case for me. And I'm going to suspect that it isn't the case for most people because that's a pretty, on the spectrum of things, that's on one end of it. So there's some, mm-hmm. most of us, you know, most of us are in the middle. Mm-hmm. And so what I've learned is if I, I can't also feed me and, and figure out what I need and want, then I can't actively, I can't actually actively be the best person for the other people in my life. Mm-hmm. I'm going to resent mm-hmm. it. I'm going to resent them. I'm going to be angry. I'm going to be exhausted. I'm going to be, you know, not be very nice to be around. And I've been all of those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so part of my growth, like you mentioned before, is all the, you know, six years ago now when I really started digging in, mm-hmm. um, I think part of it for me, which I've mentioned before, is that I didn't think I was worth the other aspect of who I was. Mm-hmm. The part of it that kind of said, well, this is what I really want, but who am I to want anything? Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to do and I should be doing and everybody else wants me to do whether it's real or not it's that's in my head and it's in my belief system that I grew up with so why should I need or want more if Mm -hmm. this is supposed to be right and was there also that question of why is it not making me happy to be these things yes so so for a long time, it didn't feel like a choice. Mm-hmm. And so I am, and I am so outwardly pro having a choice about everything in my life. Like mm-hmm. when I started my uh, master's degree and uh, my professor asked us to introduce ourselves, something about us, the, literally the first thing is, my name is Michael and nobody can tell me what to do. That's literally what I said. Now I'm 40. This is when I'm 45 years old and mm-hmm. I'm in a class. With, a lot of these people are younger than me. And that's, it didn't even surprise me, but that's the first thing that came out of my mouth. And he's like, <laughs> well, that's good to know. And I said, wait, is there homework in this class? He said, well, only if you want to do it. <laughs> so, I, so choice really matters to me. Well, it did in that. I mean, that was a, that was like a stake in the ground though, that you were trying to insert, right? Oh, absolutely. And that was the beginning. See, that for Mm -hmm. me was the beginning of saying, listen, I, it's so important to me that I declared it 
in front of people I had no idea anything about. And that's my declaration is that you can't tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it sounds like I'm a 15 year old kid talking to my mm-hmm. father or mother. Mm-hmm. And, and so I needed to discover that I did have a choice. Mm-hmm. My, my life is my choice, which direction it goes is my choice. If I decide to interact with my creative side is my choice. It always has been, it's always going to be. And I had to move through all that dirt and smoke and mirrors to, uh, to realize that when I get up in the morning, it's my choice to get out of bed. When I talk to people, it's my choice how I interact with them. If I want to work 16 hours a day, it's my decision to do so. All those things. And that makes, mm-hmm. it makes a big difference to me. So even though like the, the structure of your life did not change hugely as a result of that, I mean, oh. in from the outside looking in, let me say, right? I mean, you're still in the, it's not like you left your life to begin this new life because you had this new freedom. So sometimes it's like, we might not even choose differently. It's about being empowered is what I'm hearing, right? It's, I mean, Absolutely. I'm hearing, and I, I mean, I think I can relate to everything you're saying. I just, I want men yeah. to be able to, <laughs> to yeah, so. relate and identify um, with that also and know that they have a choice. You make a really good point. Literally from the outside, nothing shifted. I didn't change who I'm married to. I didn't change where I live. I didn't change my job. I didn't change anything in the three-dimensional world exterior. Nobody could see a difference, a shift. My, the biggest change was my perception of, of myself in that space. And I realized that if I, if I just ran away, then I'm still bringing the same person somewhere else and and wherever somewhere else is is not going to be any different because i'm still going to be the resentful this isn't my choice i don't like my life person and so i guess thinking about it now i never really honestly made this connection but i i chose to communicate differently i chose Mm -hmm. to look at my life differently i chose to repair some of the relationships or start to repair. That's a long process, by the way. Yeah. Um, I, to repair some of the damage that I perceived that, that I did by being angry and resentful or unworthy. And mm. that started mostly with my immediate family and even more specifically with my children, um, mm-hmm. having open conversations and sharing outwardly the you know the struggle that I was facing and working on and going through and um and that's made a big difference with my mm-hmm. relationship with my, with my kids and my family so um yeah I know a lot of people just decide you know the whole the whole thing grass is greener well it's greener but if you if you take the same person over to the green grass you're going to think the grass on either side is greener somewhere else again yeah the shit will show up (laughs) because it's you're carrying it with you. Yeah. 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 One thing I'm thinking about though, Michael, that I think has been really important for both um, Bob and I, um, as we sort of, you know, unpeel our journey um, and and find ourselves and find who we want to be and how we want to be moving through the world at this point in our life is, I mean, I know you spend a lot of time, you might not have left your physical dwelling, but you may, you spent a lot of time alone in the woods, right? Yes. And so sometimes, and I like, I just left this weekend to write because I, in order for my creativity to really explode and find flow within me, 
I have to remove myself from my environment that's so needing of me. And in some ways I feel kind of bad about that, but, but I mean, I hate to even use the bad word, but I mean, I, I, I just think, oh, why can't it all just be in that container? But, you know, I think it's important that we can be both this individual that has needs and uh, desires and ways of wanting to evolve internally and still have, you know, the family, the home, the ways we show up in, in the world and, and need to, and that's really fulfilling too. But something like what's called to me for so long when I felt like I was drowning in my circumstances was like this idea of space, 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 you know, and what has that meant? And, and again, like I know for you, like sometimes you have to, it's like a snow globe that you got to let settle. Right. Or um, right. So for, so you can see clear. And in order to do that, sometimes we have to step away to, to find who we are. And um, maybe you want to share how you did that a little bit and what that was for you. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and, uh, and I, I appreciate you when you said you didn't really want to use the word bad. I mean, I, I try when I'm talking about my feelings, I try not to use the word good or bad because yeah. those aren't actual feelings. That's a qualifying statement that just kind of plays it down a little. So I'm trying to be more specific. And so yeah. when I started, when I started to uh, realize that I needed space, consciously making space for myself, I felt guilty, yeah. which makes me, which is a bad feeling, but, but yeah. it was guilt. And the guilt was kind of double edged. It was guilt like, why? So I can't, you know, I feel guilty because I'm, feels like I'm being selfish by taking mm-hmm. time alone. Mm-hmm. And I'm feeling guilty because I'm not good enough to be able to do it all at the same time. What's my problem? <laughs> right. Yeah, 100% relate to all right. of that. So, and so <laughs> we, and again, I'll go back to what I mentioned before. If we don't do both, we can't be either. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It does to me. Yeah. Yeah. And so what through, I, mean through this that, journey, I mean, it takes a while to get there, I think. Yeah. There you go again. Call me old. <laughs> um, and so, so what I mean, you know, what I mean by that is um, if I want to be the best parent or partner, then I need to be my truest self from my own perception and my own perspective. So if I want to do one of them acts, you know, if I want to be, you know, the best at both, then I have to be the best at both. And I have to decide that I'm worthy enough to spend time on myself so I can be better in the world that I, when I interact with other people. And now my story, actually, it's kind of funny. It began when I, uh, in 2003, I was, I was still teaching high school and I decided, well, I should get my master's degree then because, you know, I'll make more money. And whenever my, whenever I decide to do something only to make more money, it never works, by the way, no. um, which, is, which is unfortunate. Yeah. You know, um, not unfortunate. It's just like a weird thing. So I decided to go to this class. I took this, I took one class and that one class, I realized I have to quit teaching. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a friend of mine teaching the class and we did this, the Myers-Briggs uh, personality mm. survey. And I yeah. discovered I discovered I was an introvert and what, what I also discovered is what introvert actually meant for me. Introvert didn't mean I wanted to be, although it does mean this for me as well. I needed, I wanted to be alone. Um, what it meant was I needed to be alone to recharge. And yeah. so, and it's, and I need that and I know I need that and I'm glad I have my woods where I can do that. 
So here I was teaching high school all day, coaching hockey right after high school, going home to four children who all they want to do is play and wrestle and tell me about their day and cook dinner, clean the dishes, blah, 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 get them all to bed. And by 7.30, I'm like, I'm dead. Mm-hmm. I, I did that for years. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I didn't realize. And I said, holy shit, I got to quit teaching. And, uh, and the guy who was teaching, he's like, what are you talking about? That's not why I asked you to take this class. I said, but it's the best <laughs> thing that ever happened to me. So I started my own construction company. I just thought if I build things, then I can do it alone for eight or 10 hours a day. And I don't have to talk to another, another human. And uh, that was actually a big, that was a big move, honestly, because talk about guilt. Here I am when in a job teaching where I have health insurance and good benefits and a stable income and blah, blah, blah with my four young kids. And I'm, it was not a whimsical decision. It took me 18 months to do it, um, to decide to go out and build stuff and fix houses. Um, but I did because I knew I couldn't survive if I kept teaching mm-hmm. and I couldn't mm-hmm. survive, but I was unaware of why I was doing it. You know, it was, it was still unconscious at that time. It wasn't until 2013, 14, when I really started to pack everything, you know, and that's when my hit, when my kids hit teenage years, all of my triggers showed up mm. because all of my trauma was when I was a teenager, all of my, you know, all of my, all of the things that would feed the lack of self-worth and the feeling of inadequacy and the guilt all stemmed from 13 to 17 years mm-hmm. old. Yeah. And when my kids right. at that age, <laughs> they started behaving in those ways that made me think of my childhood, the things that I buried or forgot. Oh boy, that wasn't, it wasn't yeah. pretty for me. Yeah. I'm kind of doing that again. Cause I have the second round and of teenagers. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, the thing is I've, I've had so much personal growth that um, I mean, I have this fear because of my daughter's addiction around them that I didn't see coming, you know, so that's, that's different, but also like, I, I notice my reactivity to things and I, I continue to unpack that with them. Um, which is different than what I did the first time around. I'm like, oh man, yes. that really triggers me. Like when you guys aren't ready in the morning, I lose my shit. And why is that? You know, <laughs> and I have to ask my, and I tell them like, it's triggering. I'm burned out. I've been doing it for 35 years. <laughs> I right. need you to show up, you know? And also I'm like, well, how are if they can't get themselves to school, you know, the, like the stories that unfold. Um, and so that's been, I mean, again, our kids give us so much opportunity to figure ourselves out, <laughs> you oh, know? Oh my God. Why? Yes. Yes. And oh my God, you know, it's, I, my kids have been my biggest teachers without a doubt, if I pay attention. Yeah. Um, And we had them all back for Christmas at one point, all back, you know, not for the same amount of time, but overlapping here and there. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but I, maybe you, I'm sure you have this same experience because we all had kids go away and then come home. And when they go, when they go away to college or they're, gone for a little while they start developing who they are Mm -hmm. away from us and away from our house but when they come back there's this reversion Mm -hmm. you know and I always tell people it's like listen here's some advice for you when your kids are gone for a couple years and they come back when they come back they're going to be awesome just don't let them go to sleep because the moment yeah because the moment they wake up in that house again they're 16 I don't care what they are. And they wake up and they have that look on their face and they're like, they leave stuff all over the house all of a sudden. They're fighting over clothes. They're, 
<laughs> they regress. They yeah. regress. And yeah. so this, this past Christmas, what, what one of my children was able to do was show how I regressed and not them. Mm. That, I was going to ask you if you did the same. That was hard. Yeah. All, I just thought, well, I'm, I'm the adult. I'm the, I, that's not me. And I said something and she looked at me and, and didn't have to say much to me. And we got in this argument and this is, I think it was actually on Christmas day. And it just escalated a little bit. She walked away. I kind of sat there and that was some serious, uh, and the whole family, I mean, the whole family's there. It's just Christmas day. It's supposed to be, well, I wouldn't talk about guilt and shame. I'm like, Oh my God, it's Christmas day. I can't believe this is happening. And, and then I realized I, the role I was playing in it. And it was, I had, you know, I had regressed to looking at this person who was now 26 years old. Mm. Like they were six, like they were 16. Mm-hmm. That does not work. Yeah. 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 But that's, I mean, I think that's really, I mean, you're not alone in that journey and what comes up. This is why the holidays can get hard unless we grow with it. And um, I'm sure I know you and I'm sure you guys are working through this. Like you had to work through it for yourself. And you guys were able to now, though, because she's 26, be able to talk about it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, I mean, that, and, a lot of people don't get to that point and then it becomes this real wall. Correct. And I'm really good at building walls, literally and figuratively. Um, <laughs> and, I, and I had to really choose. I had to put my tools down, my survival skills and my survival tools I learned when I was younger. And I had to say, no, I need to stand here. I need to feel this. I need to see this. Mm. And, you know, I, and we chatted about it. I apologized. I owned it. I explained and she did similar and uh, it's not done by any stretch. Yeah. Um, but um, it's, it's good. And, and, you know, it, it was good in the end and it was painful in the middle of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, when we feel all the feels, right. <laughs> That discomfort, like we want to escape. I'm sure you wanted to go to the woods. And, um, and when it's other people though, we have to, we, we don't, we, it's always a choice. Right. But yes, yes. I don't know. I mean, I've toggled with this. Um, our situations are different, but, um, because of the circumstances with my daughter, especially cause that's what comes to mind in the, in the uncomfortable feeling part, um, is how to, when to engage and when to um, keep a safe boundary around it too. There's that side of it also. Like sometimes you need to touch your heart, like so fearlessness, right? Touching our heart upon something that's really uncomfortable and staying there, which it sounds to me like what you did. Um, And sometimes if that other person isn't showing up in a, in their fearlessness and touching upon it, but just you are, that's more my journey right? This false sense of well-being or this, uh, like I can feel the, the discomfort, but when the other person doesn't show up, I think you have to decide, you know, how far are you? I mean, if there's no, like, if you can't work with somebody on it, there's no repairing to be done. You just have to do that work for yourself. Right. Agree. Versus. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Versus. That's a great distinction. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. a really great yeah. distinction because I still think the work has to be done. Even yeah. though it's just for you, yes. Because 
there is a sense of empowerment and a little bit of freedom when you can just say, this is this here I am and not expect anybody to care or accept it to me, to me, that's freedom where, you know, like Mm. there's no apology. There's no apology. There's no rationalization. There's no explanation. This is me. And to me, it takes a lot for me. It took a lot of work to be unapologetic about that and say, you know, and there are some people in your lives that are like you mentioned that either you've already struggled with or will not understand or accept that. And then the courage comes in standing your ground anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And And I think as parents who, I mean, there are situations where that, that needs to happen, you know, Um, even in, you know, in any kind of relationship too. I saw this, I, I heard this thing the other day, like we don't really have to master necessarily or even understand, right. This mystery that we're in. We just have to participate in the experience. Yes. Right. Right. So absolutely. I did. I actually, one of my last podcasts I did was one title of compassion without comprehension. Mm. And it was centered more around um, the gender fluidity of, uh, and the, and the um, discrimination against people that are choosing a life that isn't what other people believe or think is normal the way it should be. And and I just, and I listened to this podcast and podcast called man enough. And they interviewed this person. Their name is Alok, A-L-O-K. And they're, um, you know, non-binary and absolutely brilliant. I listened to it three times. I just to try to understand what this person was sharing and talking about and then i mm-hmm. and that what i got a, came away from with it was a sentence that they and a and a concept that they shared was you don't have to understand me to to believe that i should live in a life without fear and hatred mm. you don't have to agree with me you don't have to like me but there's this something about this compassion without comprehension i don't care if you understand me I just want to live a life where I can walk out my door and not get something thrown at me because I'm wearing a dress and I look like a man because I wear makeup and people think I shouldn't because I, because I have what's considered a male body. I just want to be able to live my life. I'm kind. I'm respectful. I'm doing great things. Just have some compassion. You don't have to understand mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. And to me, that, that to me was powerful That's, because I know I have, all, I, we all grow up with biases and I had mm-hmm. all of those biases. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, like you said, even with ourselves, I, I've given up trying to understand everything because I can't. Mm-hmm. And so even having compassion for yourself and a little bit of faith for me is important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the human journey is, is a tough one, you know, but when we can let go of the outcome or total, I mean, of course we're curious and we're seekers, both many of us. Um, so it doesn't mean we don't want to stay curious about the journey, but yeah, when it comes to holding space for each other and for forgiveness and acceptance, that's beautiful. What you just shared is very, very beautiful. Um, and we don't have to have a container to put it in to make it okay, you know? And, but that's a, I mean, it's a, it's, that's a practice, you know, it's a practice in itself. And imagine if we could all like move through the world in that way. I can't even imagine 
how beautiful I that know, would right? be. Yeah, yeah, I know. And, yeah, <clears throat> I agree. Yeah, and and I've also something else I've realized is I'm doing my best lately not to label things mm. because, and especially if it has to do with my own person, because the moment I label things, I give it limits and then I don't have space to see beyond the label. Mm. Um, and so I'm trying to be less, what's the word? I'm trying to be less um, analytical about it and more feeling about it and just mm. kind of, being less in my head and more in my heart and moving yeah. that way. But it takes faith. I mean, and it, talk about practice. I mean, yeah. my heart, when I say my heart, I mean that, that feeling about what, what actually do I need to do in this moment to jive with how I want my life to be. Mm-hmm. And so I try to feel like I, I feel, okay, if I do this, then I'm going to feel heavy and I'm going to feel, uh, resentful or I'm going to feel there's going to be this leftover negative energy. So I choose as many times as I can to go the opposite direction and, and, and have faith that that's my guide. Um, Mm -hmm. And if I feel lighter and motivated and energetic and kinder and more respectful, then that's the way I'm headed Mm -hmm. Um, without trying to discover the actual reason why. Out of your head and into your heart. Yes. Which, um, which again, that's like befriending yourself and trusting and having faith and that that's a journey. I, um, Michael, I, I hope you continue to like, think about trying to share yourself more, <laughs> um, <laughs> through, you know, through, uh, I know you've talked, I know you started to do some talks, but, um, I don't know. It's just like, I feel like, uh, there's so many people, uh, men in particular that uh, really could benefit, um, especially at this point in time where I think people are more open than ever just because of the state of our state of being yeah, <laughs> in this human know, journey. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's just like, I, I it's very rich. And I, um, I just, again, whenever you have a few people in your life doing that dance of struggle, you know, there's many, many more. Right. And it comes into our lens for a reason. Yeah. And because we're not all that different, you know, I, and I would. Yeah, I was not, I was just going to say that we're I'm not anybody special in that I'm in that what my life circumstances are my own, but they're very universal. They and, are. Yeah. And these feelings are everybody's feelings. It's not, yeah. you know, they 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 come in my life with whatever experience I had and that I attach them to. Mm-hmm. However, they still feel the same and we can still identify them the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me to be able to identify my feelings and then have the ability to verbalize them yeah. is something I will be working on for the rest of my life. Because when I get, when I feel the powerful feelings, especially the negative energy ones, and I get emotional, I lose the ability to be vocal, to verbalize them. I, I, I really just get stuck. And of course that happens with the people that I need to talk about it with the most. (laughs) Right. Yeah. With my marriage or with my children or my parents or my siblings or whoever is, whoever you have that are the most closely emotionally attached to you then become the most difficult people to work through this stuff with. And so that's why 
it's good to practice it with people that you're not emotional about. It's yeah. Really it's it's like I always said, we should, we should all parent other people's kids. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. It's funny because so I think you think it should be the reverse, right? This unconditional mm-hmm. love, but it's, it's not, it's the hardest. It is. Yeah. Is the so hardest. interesting. That's why I think like coming together in circles and community is really important. I think also understanding that our, our family unit is not, it doesn't have to be the end all. In fact, it, for me, I, I have to have multiple relationships just for the reason you're saying, you know, so that you can find your voice and really not be constricted around allowing yourself to feel the things that are uncomfortable because of like that guilt that you said, or that like, oh, this shouldn't feel this way, or a good mother wouldn't feel this way, or a good father right. wouldn't feel this way, all yeah. those things. We really yeah. are still individuals. We're still little soul beings. And we have to like figure the stance of this like human journey in this earth suit out. And we need each yeah. other, you know, we need a community. No, no. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll pull, I, 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 it's so nice to, to have you, you know, have our, our conversation. I just really, really appreciate it, you know, and being I able to. I, yeah, I do too. I really, and this is like you just said, having other people. And that's why I think going to therapy for me was such a big deal because it was somebody who was just going to listen and not, and not going to judge or have any emotional attachment to how I was behaving or what I was sharing or saying. That's a huge deal. And then writing stuff down for me. I mean, even just recently, I was struggling so hard to say something because it was emotional when I was saying it that I mm-hmm. literally had to battle. I had to write a letter. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Then I feel guilty. Why can't I just say this stuff? And, I and then, I, but I did. I said, okay, it doesn't matter. I, I have to stop feeling guilty about it. This stuff needs to be said. And if it's how, if I have to write a letter to say it or make a short video, I do sometimes with my kids. Yeah. Yeah. I just, that's how I have to do it. And so, well, I think, I, I think it's that like it's like, it's probably swirling. It's not like, do you really think it's that? Oh, I like it's, you're making it sound like maybe you don't think you have the courage to say it. Whereas, is it just that you need to get it down in an organized way that it, it, someone else might be able to understand? It is actually definitely both. It is, okay. it takes, it takes definitely, there's a, it's definitely some fear with saying things that might be disappointing to somebody that I yes. care about. Yeah. Or, or it might be that they, they, I get it. I say it in a way that isn't interpreted properly or whatever, Yeah. you know, uh, there's there's definitely that still leftover fear that I'm gonna I'm gonna fail and mm. disappoint somebody even though the things I have to say are something that's very important for me to say. Yeah. You I, know? Yeah. It's like um I guess what I have gotten better about that and there's been teachers for me to if I'm if I'm coming from a place of truth, even though it makes me uncomfortable and it makes you uncomfortable like this is a new paradigm to say like, it's okay. It's okay to make people feel uncomfortable if you're standing in your truth. And like you said, that idea of like, maybe they'll understand, maybe they'll misinterpret, but like, how do we create a, a safe landing to have the conversation or not? I mean, that's the thing. We, it's just like, we have to get more comfortable with being uncomfortable and not, com- I say that for me because I've compromised my integrity and my, you know, my truth to make other people comfortable. I've done that a lot. And I think to get to a point to realize that's where my little rage, fear and resentment all are all wrapped together in like, that's on me. You know, I have to decide not to do that anymore, even though, you know, 
other people may judge or disagree. And that's, again, it's a practice. I'm a people pleaser. It's taken me a while. Um, even just like slowly leaving my job of 35 years has been like, you know, like it'll go on. Nobody will probably even notice, but yet I had, <laughs> it's such heavy on me to slowly yeah. pull out of there. It's, it's yeah. just interesting what, what gets wrapped into our self-worth as, as you said, in our identity and then the fear of like beginning again and being enough and being on the right path, all the things. Anyway, I'm kind of going off in a different That's direction, okay. no, maybe, but yeah. Um, yeah. And we always want that safe ground, ground, you know, to have our, our feet on, but sometimes we're just not and allowing ourselves to, to be in a rocky boat sometimes is hard and, yes. and completely necessary right? Or else we numb or else, you know, we escape, you know what I mean? Like, I and that's do, what, and I, yes, I hate that it's necessary. I've said this to you before. I was like, why? You said, like you said a few minutes ago, being a human is tough. I'm like, why? And, and, and does it really have to be? I don't think it needs to be tough. I well, think I think it, the struggle is personal, you know, a personal choice. Yeah. 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 No, I, yeah, I agree. And um, something else you said where, and I try to look at the words I, I use and how I express myself and how I internalize the words I choose to use. And, and so part of my fear, like you mentioned, was making somebody feel uncomfortable. And, and when I realized that I can't make anybody feel anything, mm. that it's, a, that, that it's mm. my choice. It's like, it's my choice. It, I know it sounds weird. It's a choice to feel because actually I don't think it's a, a choice to feel feelings will come and they will go. And it's our choice to, to feel them or not, or to engage with them or not, or think or, or work through them or not. Um, and so if I'm being honest and kind and truthful for myself and that, you know, makes somebody feel uncomfortable in whatever way they're uncomfortable, then that's their life coming into it. Mm -hmm. And, and if I attach myself to the outcome, then I'm rarely going to share who I really am because then I don't want to, I don't want to make somebody feel bad. Why would I want to do that? Yeah. Well, you know, I'm sure know. never your intention. It's never right. our intention. Our intention is like, I, I don't know, always, I think to hope for a bigger evolution, awakening, clarity, you know, ease of being right. And yeah. honestly, if we don't, it's going to manifest into some sort of dis-ease. I mean, you know, that's if we don't do the work of being human, you know, and, and um, evolving, then, yeah, it's, that's where the struggle gets really intense. Like if we don't make the changes necessary, right. you know, to respond to the stress of our situation, then, you know, we're just, there is some method to the madness. And sometimes it's so right. clear, but when yeah. we're right in it, we can't see it. Um, yeah. Oh, you yeah, said but somebody I, I forgot who said it but you know somebody in some form of this says uh the lessons are easy if you learn them early and they get mm -hmm. a lot more difficult if you wait too long <laughs> mm -hmm. so true yeah. well we, i think the layers get thicker yeah you know as we armor up and armor up and armor up then we have it's a lot more work to peel apart peel apart peel apart um yeah. That's why I like I mentioned to you before we got on, I'd love to do something with with teens um, because 
I have a bunch of them. <laughs> <laughs> and I, you know, and I just think like the journey you've been on, even I've been on the tools I've learned um, that you've learned of how to like stay in our truth and, and allow ourselves to feel discomfort and to feel joy. Um, I'd love to plant those. Th- I mean, I think they're, well, I'd love to give that as, as service yeah. to the, our youth because yes. you know, and the ones that are willing and open to receive, and that's just their soul's journey. Like I, but I, um, I want to give them hope too, you know, and I also want to realize I'm, I'm really concerned about the attention hacking that's happening with all of us, but particularly our youth. And so I want to be part of trying to counterbalance that and at least get them aware of how they're being led. Um, and so they can cultivate this awareness of how they're moving through the world so they can choose, right? Before they get swept mm-hmm. up and end up someplace um, either addicted, which everyone's addicted to technology at this point in time. But um, <laughs> anyway, so that's where I hold hope. Like, how do we continue to learn from each other and to uh, share what we're, I mean, what we've learned. I mean, I know that's my journey. I think it's yours too, to learn and to share. And um, so I look forward to talking more about that and seeing what we can put together in that way. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I think my journey has always been to learn and share and teach in in whatever job I've held. That's just what I've done, regardless of the title. And, you know, and and you know that Rebecca and I spent years training, working with, I think, 35 or more high schools in the state to work on peer education and leadership and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, get back to that. And we actually, you know, your son, Jesse, did it. We tried for a few years at this field and it was great. And, and, and it's always very well received. And, and even though these young people don't know what they're craving it. Yes. I think yes. more than ever. I mean, I do too. And I think offering an opportunity for them to discover something they didn't know they were missing that they needed and wanted is perfect. Yeah. I perfect. think it is perfect. So yeah. I look so forward to, it. yeah, we'll get together and talk about that in yeah. other circles, especially as we move out of winter and into spring. Um, I'd love to call together more circles. I'm just feeling a calling for that just to bring people together, to share, to heal, to grow, to yeah. laugh to cry, whatever needs to be done, Absolutely. especially if pulling in all the elements around a fire, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And we, you like, and you know, this and a lot of your listeners and probably may not, but the people that follow my podcast are pretty aware that our, we have uh, three big fire pits on our land. We've got a yurt in our treehouse cabin. And I've just talked to the, to the friend of mine, um, Scott Empey, who has actually done a podcast episode, we're doing another one. Nice. Um, we're re, we're going to re-engage and re-energize re, uh, the yurt so we can do some drumming and some talking and sharing. And so we're ready. And you're, and, and, and you and I know you and I talked about this almost two years ago now, and that's kind of what inspired me to do my own podcast and do this yeah. work. And so it does feel good and feels 
um, feels like it's come back around where it's time to kind yeah. of rethink this. Yeah. It feels like time now. You know, it would have come together then if it was meant to. It's only been yeah. a year, honestly. Uh, really? I know it seems like, yeah. When I got to a year with my podcast in November, I was like, it feels like it's been two. I think COVID's just warped time. <laughs> 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 yeah. So it was only a year ago. I know it's crazy. Crazy. Yep. But yeah, yeah, I feel like um, I feel it. I feel it manifesting and moving and uh, I'm excited about it. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. We will do it. In the meantime, uh, thank you for taking this time out of your busy day. And um, yeah, we'll just keep on keeping on. Absolutely. (laughs) All right. Take care, Michael. Thanks. Have a great day. Yep. You too. So that wraps up another episode of Zen Mama and Everyday Gurus, of which you are one. And thank you so much for being here. I think our stories are powerful. They connect us and they make us stronger, right? Collectively, we can move forward and heal and find our way, find our North Star, and then maybe shine the light on the path for somebody else. Another way you can support this is to send me a rating, a comment. Those things help. If you know someone that might enjoy the podcast, please share. And you can also find Zen Mama and Everyday Gurus on Instagram and Facebook. And also I have a personal um, Instagram, Mindful Living VT, which is more around my coaching and um, guiding and inspiring and some of the other offerings that I have. Additionally, uh, my website is marystreeter.co, C-O. You can find some other things over there. So thanks again for being here. Have the best day. Find something to celebrate. And don't forget the power of the plants.